0: Alive, he is alive and well, and he is here by his spirit. It's good to learn to receive. You know, most of what we do with the Lord is we learn to receive from Him. It's not that we work something up. It's not that we have to to meet it. We we need to we need to reach for it. We need to desire it. We need to ask Him for it. But it comes from him, and he's ready to give he's not God doesn't want to hold out on anybody. He is not trying to hold out on any of his children. Uh, he wants to bless, he wants to free he wants to do all those things, all the desires of our hearts that are you know that are true good desires that God wants in our lives. He wants to pour out those things, and we need to learn to uh, to receive them, and we've got to be in His presence. We've got to be have our heart and life focused on Him. The eyes of our spiritual lives turned towards Him, so that we can receive. So that we know what He's given out. So we're we're ready, and and we're we're willing and waiting for Him. That was free, so that wasn't. That's like I got like six sermons today. Obviously, so this is number whatever four. Um, there's only three more left. Praise the Lord, huh? And by somebody say Amen? <laughs> uh, that means so be it, by the way. So that means you want three more. So there was a couple. <laughs> I heard it. Well, I want to. I want to share. Uh, we're my wife and I are both going to share, I believe, um, just for a few minutes. Uh, just kind of on one thing that maybe God spoke to us from this this past week at the conference. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm of the belief when you hear like five or six or seven great sermons and uh, something speaks to you, there's no reason to try to find another one for Sunday. Uh, I don't know, maybe that's laziness. I just think it's, it's more like, hey, God's speaking to you. Share something that, that's fresh that God has spoken to you. And so I want you to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14. And I'm going to possibly quickly... Uh, just share really really a couple of a couple of thoughts Ephesians chapter three and verse fourteen and starting in verse fourteen, it says this: For this reason, I kneel before the Father' from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name i pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that christ may dwell in your hearts through faith who does that the holy spirit i'm just just that's just for free for those of us that are on wednesday night studying so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints. All the saints. Are you one of the saints? Who's a saint in here? Okay, we're not sinners anymore. You're now a saint. When, Jesus, when you come into God's family, you're an ex-sinner. You are now a saint, a holy one, one that's been set apart for God. I pray with all the saints you may have power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge goes beyond what we can think, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That's pretty good right there. I don't need to say anything about that, right? This is an awesome passage. And it says in verse 20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Chapter 4, verse 1 goes with this. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. You know, I've never put those two sections together for some reason. You know those, you know the chapter things weren't originally in the Bible. They're just they're just so so we can find stuff easier. I mean, all it is is like putting a putting a table of contents so you can find something quickly. But there was no there was no break right there in fact in greek they didn't even write in paragraphs so we don't even know if it was a new paragraph or not really they just it just all ran together and so all this prayer that paul is praying and and he's saying all these amazing things ties into and in fact its chapters 1 2 and 3 the whole book of ephesians ties into what he says hey therefore there's a there's a therefore in in the new king james Or then I urge you, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. In view of all this stuff, Ephesians 1 is about God choosing you. It says, I chose you before the foundation of the world. I I want you. I desire you. I have called you to be holy. I predestined you. I've set things, I've set you apart for me. In chapter 2, it says, Hey, you were lost in sin, but I, Even while you were dead in your sins, I reached down and it's by grace you're saved through faith. And it's not from you, it's a gift of God. And Ephesians 3 says, hey, there's been, he's broken down every barrier and now there's peace. There can be reconciliation with God. And the grace of God has been revealed. God's grace has been poured on. Hey, it's not just for the God's people, the Jewish people. It's for everybody, the Gentiles. Everybody has a chance to be in. And then he prays this prayer. Because of that, I want to pray this prayer. I want you to know God. I want you to know his love. I want you to be full to the fullness of God's power. I want I want you to be rooted and established. I want you to be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. And it says, to him who can do way more, exceedingly, epically more, than we can ask or think or imagine. To Jesus be glory. And then in view of all that, hey, in view of all that, I urge you, live a life worthy of that. Live a life worthy of the calling you've received. You know, I have two thoughts here. That's one of them. Are you living a life worthy of God's calling? You know, I was really challenged by this by this thought. It's so easy to just live an ordinary, comfortable life. Is your life worthy of everything that Jesus did and has called you to do? If not, you can. There's nothing stopping you. You can live that life. I mean, that's what the whole first part of Ephesians hey, look what God did. So it's not like you have to, you don't have to do this in your own power. But God says, I provided it all. But because I provided it all, I urge you, Paul says, live a life worthy of this calling. Live your life out that's worth everything that God has given. He's given you the fullness. He says, I want you to be filled to the measure of, of the fullness of God in your life. You know, it's easy just to get ordinary. You know, just... Just go through go through life, right? Just go to day to day. I got to do this, got to do that. And I'm not saying we don't do those things. Go to go to work, do your job. You know, don't get fired. Oh, I just living a life worthy. No, that's not life worthy of God. God's calling. He says, hey, work at it as if you're working for the Lord. So, change your boss, whether you're, he's good or bad. He's Jesus. Work for for him like he's Jesus. He may not act like Jesus, may not look like Jesus, may not smell like Jesus, may not talk like Jesus, and he's not Jesus, but that's fine. Work unto him as if you're working for Jesus. It's a whole lot easier to work for someone that you love. So no matter how bad that dude is or how good, those of you that work for people in here, <laughs> those of you that your boss is in the room, there's a, few, there's a couple I think. So, you know, you're working for Jesus, not for them. That increases my effort. That increases my uh my energy, my faithfulness. You know, and sometimes it's so easy, I think, just to just to forget that I mean I am not called to an ordinary life. Say that. I am not called to an ordinary life. Everybody, I am not called to an ordinary life. I am called to live a life worthy of the calling of Jesus Christ. And if I'm not. It's not about, okay, I'm going to feel sorry for myself and beat myself. No, it's just like, hey, let's go. You can. God's praying for you. He's praying for you in his word. Read this prayer over yourself till you believe it. This is a prayer of Paul. Hey, there's lots of great prayers in the Bible. I don't know how to pray, God. Hey, just read some in the Bible. Pray the word of God. That's a good idea. Start with this one. There's another one in Ephesians chapter 1. Like verse 15, 16 through 20, there's another great prayer. Start with those two prayers. There's like one in every epistle that Paul writes just about. He starts praying. He just can't help himself. I'm going to pray for you. I'm not just going to tell you stuff. I'm not just going to speak to you about God. I'm not just going to speak the truth. I am going to go before God for you. That's another sermon. So we're up to five now. But the other thought as I was... uh, really they at the conference it was just talking about ordinary and getting bored in your christian life and then living a life worthy so that was that was a thought from the from the conference it really really spoke to me just it just encouraged me to say hey let's let's keep pressing on here let's let's not settle for less than than god's best but the other idea that that came to me as i was reading these scriptures was the idea of imagining You know, when, when you're a kid, you have an awesome imagination. I mean, we, we're all born with an amazing imagination. If you've been around little kids, which obviously I am because I have them, uh, man, the, imag- the things that they come up with, you know, sometimes I, we don't even understand them as, as adults because we've, we've checked out of imagining and we're like, hey, i got to live in reality here. <laughs> i got to live in reality. You can't just imagine all this stuff all the time. But Paul here says that God can do more than we can ask or imagine. Now, and here's this is just a thought for me. If my imagination, if I can only imagine this much, God's still going to do more than that and wants to do more than that and can do more than that. But it's kind of like the, the, the old saying you aim for nothing and you'll hit it every time. If I'm not I want to imagine something incredible. And then I'm going, hey, I'm gonna imagine something so amazing, but God can do more. And He's gonna do more. You know, this is this is pretty cool. I don't I don't tell Josh what songs to sing. I don't know if anybody thinks that. I don't I doubt you do. He probably wouldn't listen anyway. But um and I don't really generally ask the worship leader to, to lead certain songs. Uh, you know, I've been a, I guess I've just been a worship leader. I'm like, hey, buddy, stay out. And, you know, I can take care of this. Um, so I just kind of feel like, hey, he's released to do that. But if I could have picked a song for Josh to sing this morning, I would have said, hey, I want you to, to, to teach Do It, Lord, this morning. That's what I would have told him. Ties into exactly what I'm saying. So didn't have to tell him. He just went ahead and, and did it. You know, the song we did, and and I know the reason he picked this song out is his his desire for revival, and he heard it, and it gripped his heart. It's it's a Tommy Walker. This is a four-square song right here. This is written by Tommy Walker. This is a four-square song. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. We are praying. Uh, I've heard it many times at four-square conventions. Uh, It was written several years ago. But I know Josh told me the reason... One of the reasons he picked out the song was, hey, it's it has a heart for revival and that just connects with his heart. But number two, he picked this song because sometimes we need to sing things so we can imagine something greater of what God could do. And so let me, let me read through the verses here of this song to increase your imagination because what God wants us, God wants us to have a holy, sanctified God imagination. Begin, you know... Most of us, I'm going to include myself. I'm, I'm, I'm right here with you. I'm a normal person, just like you, I think. <clears throat> Mostly normal. Um, most of us use our imaginations to imagine bad scenarios that are going to happen in our lives or bad things that people want to do to us or are thinking about us. Oh, can you imagine? I wonder what they're thinking about me right now. We're using our imaginations to imagine something that. Probably is not really happening and if it is, you know, who knows if it is, right? We're like, oh. you know, we think Oh, they're, they're thinking this they're thinking that you know We take something somebody said wrong and then we begin to imagine all this stuff So most of us our imagination still work. It's just being used for the wrong thing Rarely when you imagine all the bad things about someone else, I'm not saying never but rarely When you imagine, are those things reality? They're just your mind running in all these scenarios. Do you ever think through scenarios? You know, like, if I do this, then they'll do this. Or uh, what if I do, Oh, what? you know. You're imagining. You're using your imagination. In my encouragement today, I felt like the Lord was saying, hey, hey just imagine things for me. Sir, when you walk by someone who's a wheelchair, imagine you praying for them and them getting out. You might have to imagine it over and over and over and over again until you finally really believe it and God calls you and boom, it happens. But if I'm not even going to think about it and imagine what God could do, I may not be ready to do it when he calls me to do it because I can't imagine that that would actually happen. So I can have a holy imagination where I can imagine God doing amazing things through me in my life. You know, imagine yourself free from every single thing that holds you back. Just imagine it. Begin to think about that. Begin to dwell on that. Begin to meditate on that. It's, and it's not about you. It's about Him. We're not doing this so we can be amazing. We're doing it because He is amazing and He's in us. Hopefully my wife is good to share. <laughs> I didn't want to go after my wife because usually it's really good. So I wanted to, you know, it's hard to follow her. So I'm giving her a dose of... Medicine. So think of this. Think listen to listen to these verses. I'm just gonna read through the verses of this song because this song is like an imagining song. It's like a hey it's a God imagination song. It says, I see your glory covering the earth, Lord, just as the waters are covering the sea. I see the millions coming to salvation. That's a good thing to imagine, amen? I see revival fire in the land. I see the lost and nameless ones remembered. I see the widows shouting out your praise. I see the friendless, loved and celebrated. Orphans fulfilling, Lord, your calling on their lives. Do it, Lord. I see forgiveness overtaking hatred. Pride and prejudice now giving way to love. I see depression Replaced with joy and gladness. And Satan's lies now bowing to the truth. Do it, Lord. We're praying. Verse 3. I see the brokenness of families brought to wholeness. I see the prodigals running home to you. Fathers' hearts now turning toward their children. And the children's hearts turning toward their fathers. I see your church rising up in power. Laying down their lives in unity and love. I hear the sounds of every tribe and nation giving glory to Jesus Christ the Son. Do it, Lord. We are praying. This is our prayer, O God. This is our desperate cry. In these days that we're living now, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Can you imagine that? If you can't imagine it, ask the Holy Spirit to stir a Holy Spirit imagination into you. I know my son can come up imagine with just some amazing things with his toys and all these things and these games that, like I'm, I don't even understand what's going on here. This is insane. And if a little kid can do that, man, what can God do with you? So begin to imagine God doing stuff. Start there. Because it says he's able to do beyond what we can ask or imagine or think. I mean, really, what is imagination? It's just a certain way of thinking. Just thinking over stuff. And as I'm doing that... Man, I bet you I find myself living a life worthy of the calling. Is my life worth what Jesus has given? It's not that we have to earn it. It's that we get to walk in it. You're not making yourself better to God. You're living out what He's already done for you. What He's already given you. It's not a guilt thing. It's, oh man, I'm not living life worthy. Poor me. Now now you're imagining all these bad things. <laughs> oh, poor me, poor me, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, I'm just not that. I'm not like this person. They're way more spiritual than me. I just can't. You're imagining what, all the bad things and the things that you aren't and can't do. Begin to think. It's part of renewing your mind. That's why we read the Bible. It's great to read like the book of Acts and the Gospels because we see like that's like hands-on. Hey, what happens when God shows up? These are the things that happen when God shows up. It's to stir our imagination. Hey, what could God do? What could he do? What could he do around me? Man, I want to be a part of some of that, don't you? Don't you want to be a part of something? That you can't even imagine would happen would be so awesome, would be so God infused, would be so full of, full of God's power and grace and compassion and love. That's what He's given to us. He says, Hey, walk, I urge you live, live in that calling. Go for it. Live a life worthy of God's calling. We don't have to live second best. We don't have to settle for less than what he's already paid for. We don't have to settle for for ordinary. We don't have to settle for a boring Christian life. It doesn't have to be boring. It doesn't mean it's some weird thing we have to figure out either. Like, oh, man, what does that mean now? I've got to figure out. Do something, do something wild this week, Pastor John. Well, I hope you do, but you don't have to do it. Just just begin to imagine begin to think and then boom you know there's a little kid that you pick up before church and you're late and blah 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 and something happens can you imagine yourself meeting someone on the street and praying for them you're like i don't want to do that we'll start try to at least imagine it you might want to <laughs> it might change You know, an imagination tied to faith in an all-powerful God who's able to do the impossible, that thing can go a long way. So I encourage you, let loose your spiritual imagination and live a life worthy of the calling that Jesus Christ has given you.
1: I didn't know uh Pastor John was going to preach. Do a whole sermon for you. I thought we were just sharing, but we shouldn't we should know that about him anyway. Um, so I I want to share I, I'll just share briefly and, and I have a response for us. One thing that Um, the Lord has been moving on my heart about and uh, continued to do at this conference was the idea of, of just loving people. And that, you know, as believers, we don't need to change someone in order to love them. We just need to love them so that the Lord can change them. And that's a really subtle difference that I think we get confused on sometimes because we all have people in our lives that we look at and we think, can I just like change you and then I could love you better. And that's just not the gospel. The gospel is, can I just love you and let God change you because I'm loving you just the way you are. And so, you know, I think that that's something that the Lord wants to move all of us to and our, our church as a whole. Um, is to, to have eyes to see people in our city that no one else sees and be able to love them first, not feel like we have to change them. It's like this, this little boy that I met this morning, Quentin, um, you know, the first thing that goes up is, and and granted, we need to be wise. You don't just pick up anybody on the side of the street. Okay. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying when I've got this little black boy in my neighborhood who's filthy dirty waving me down a lot of times what we think is I'm going to keep moving because this could be dangerous but this morning I just knew the Lord the Lord did just put that in me and when I'm not worried about who he is, where he comes from, what sin might be in his life, what he's into, I don't care. I just wanted to love this boy. I just want to take him safely all the way across town so he doesn't have to walk. And I want to make sure he gets some food. And, and there's that subtle difference of learning to just love people First and taking number one, the pressure and the false presumption that it is my job or your job to change someone else. Only Jesus does that. Jesus is the one who transforms. We just love and we watch His love move through us and begin to do something in other people. And so I, I want to challenge you. That's kind of where I'm at, and I want. I, I hope that you can go there too. Um, Pastor Glenn Burris, who's the president of Foursquare, was with us, and he shared this one story that just gripped my heart. He said he was visiting a church. He just travels globally, Um, but he was in North Carolina at a a church, and he used to actually pastor in North Carolina. And so this uh, girl is up on the stage uh, leading worship, and he said that the anointing on her was amazing. She wasn't just like somebody who was up there singing. She just really carried... Um, Just a worship anointing and he leaned over to the pastor and he said this girl is amazing Uh, The anointing on her life is incredible and they just kind of went on and after the service This girl came up to Glenn and she said Pastor Glenn, I just have to tell you. Thank you And he said, okay And she said when I was eight years old You came and knocked on my family's door and invited us to church and we did not know Jesus. And because you came and knocked on our door, I am here serving the Lord today. Wow. Wow. That's the way our God works is that every little thing we do in the name of Jesus is so powerful in his kingdom. Whether that's knocking on a door and inviting someone to church, whether that's telling somebody at Walmart about Jesus, whether it's picking up this little 12-year-old boy who just really needs the Lord, whether it's anything in your life, going to your workplace, giving a cup of cold water in his name. He will use. And that story just blew me away. I was just like, man, Lord, that, that's another thing. You just love somebody. You don't worry about changing. He just invited them to church. Their whole family was changed. And she's now this worship leader that just carries an amazing anointing on her life. And I think that is amazing. One quote from Pastor Glenn, if you're confused about who God is, you will be confused about what he's doing in your life. And he kind of talked about how sometimes we, if, if our perception of the Lord is wrong, then sometimes it's really confusing what he's doing in our lives because we think that he works in a different way than he really does. And I'm going to close um, with with challenging you it kind of goes along with pastor John of imagining, but really getting to know who God is. If you want to know what he's doing in your life, if you want to know who you are, you need to know God and you need to know him correctly. You need to know who he really is so that you understand what he's doing. When we are singing the song, the great I am, I was, I was thinking about uh, Moses at the burning bush. He, he has this amazing encounter. And he comes to the burning bush and, and he says, uh, Lord, who, you know, who should I tell them since me? And he says, I am who I am. Now, when I read that, I'm like thinking, that's a little vague. Like, God, you have a lot more names uh, than I am who I am. But that's powerful. So I'm I'm like thinking about, I am who I am, the great I am. Then I started thinking about this passage, uh, an, an account of Jesus. He's in the garden, and he's about to be arrested and crucified. And all these men come to get him. And they said, we're looking for Jesus. And Jesus steps forward, and he says... I am he, and everybody falls down. I mean, this is something that you just read over in your Bible, but that, that catches my attention. Jesus steps forward, and it's, it's, it's in one, one of the Gospels, one of the accounts in John, I believe. It's John, right? John. He says, I am he, and everybody just falls face down on the ground before him. Then they get up and arrest him. I'm like, hello. Uh, that, that's like significant. At the, at, the, at the words, I am, there's just power. And so this morning while we were singing that song, I felt like I, I could almost hear the Lord speaking, I am, over all of you. And I want you to think about this. This is who he is. This is the get to know God so that you understand what he's doing in your life. He says, I am healing. I am salvation. I am forgiveness. I am wholeness. I am your defender. I am your refuge. I am provision. I am breakthrough. I am freedom. Do you understand that when God says, I am who I am, you can fill in any blank of anything you need and He is that. He is joy. He is peace. He is life. He is abundance. All of those things. He is good. He is faithful. I am Who I am And he is the one who dwells in us He is the one Whose name we represent do you understand when we go into the world when we go into restaurants when we go into our homes that I am Is the one who sent us. And if we can get a hold of that. Wow. That changes my life dramatically. I don't know about yours. It changes my perspective. On things. It changes my perspective on who he is. Rather than being worried about. If he's allowing something to happen. Or you know, blah, blah, blah. But if he, if I know that he says, I am who I am. I am fill in the blank, whatever applies to your current situation. And when we know that about him, we can probably be a little more clearer on the way he's working in our life. We can press into that. And we can take that to our city, to our world because that is good news. I am that I am is the best news that we have to offer. Amen. Lord, thank you. Thank you for all the things that you've done in our hearts. Thank you for speaking that over us in this place today. Just, I am. Thank you, Father, for releasing all that we need in our hearts, for opening our minds to to be able to grasp who you are, to imagine what you can do. Thank you, Lord, for giving us eyes to see the ones that no one else sees or doesn't want to see. And, Lord, let us be moved with compassion and not worry about what we need to change about them. But, Lord, let us love. Let us give them love and watch you do the transformation. Most of all, Lord, May we carry inside of us and in the forefront of our mind that we have the best news on the planet for every human being we run into contact with, including ourselves. Lord, may the the good news of who you are be alive in us, be rich in us, and be moving us and filling our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed.